Welcome to the Digital Dudes Podcast. I'm David. I'm Reed. And Reed, um, oh shoot, I forgot what I was going to tell you. I, uh, but doesn't matter. We're talking about work from anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I Super, thought you oh, were going to do you, a little more build up to that. <laughs> no, you know, you know what it was. I, I was thinking like how we at one. So the audience may not know, but we don't really plan ahead on this podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> Unless Erica schedules us like a a guest. But what I was going to say is we had, uh, I think it was like once a quarter, we were going to do something about Fiona Forward, which we have a cool guest coming up. And I think we were saying we were going to do something like digital behind the scenes or something like once a quarter. And we just did something recently with Nicole about behind the scenes of digital. So I'm more saying we're we're already breaking the the small bit of planning we had. So, uh, but that's because we, we just announced this morning and we didn't want to talk about it in advance uh, for for, uh, for our employees until they knew. But this morning you announced that uh, digital is moving to a work from anywhere uh, policy. Um, did you, so. did you catch that? I stole that from your article that you shared? No, <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't, I did. It did dawn on me when you said work from anywhere. I was like, Oh, he picked up the term or whatever, but I it didn't know it was from the article or whatever, yeah. Cause it's pretty common. I, I think now. Yeah, it is. Um, but we hadn't been, I guess, thinking about it too much because we felt like the structure we had was already offering enough flexibility, and maybe it was. But, um, you know, when I read the article that you sent, um, I kind of tweaked it from more of an updated WFH, mm-hmm. you know, work from home policy to mm-hmm. du- just straight up WFA. But I also wanted to make clear that this doesn't mean WWIW, I think, is what <laughs> I put, which is work whenever I want. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it's like that's that's the one big, I guess asterisk foot footnote to this that i i personally don't think i could ever bend on where it's like work whenever yeah people and it's it's only because not because we're so controlling but the nature of our business you know we can't have somebody doing a graveyard shift if you know 95 percent of the work we do does need to live between nine and five yeah i think well i think it's good to get into the motivations behind the work from anywhere but to that point i think it's a slippery slope of well why not just work Whenever, um, and as long yeah. as like someone's there for meetings sure. and I think we even talked about like, okay, well, what if, could you work as we've talked about different things? Would we allow people to work whenever they wanted? Um, if, as long as we knew they were available at certain times, cause the hardest part for us for that particular reason is to say, okay, well, when do team meetings happen or when do one-on-ones happen? Or what if you have a client call and if someone with 50 people now, it's hard enough to keep track of people's schedule, let alone if whatever we are, a hundred people or 150 people uh, keeping track of the schedule seems, seems really tough. I know a lot of tech only companies that work that way. And, and Victor has, uh, our director of engineering has pushed a lot on um, asynchronous versus desynchronous work. So he's like, why not? Like, as long as you put your one-on-one stand up in Slack, then, or whatever your stand up in Slack, why does it matter? Mm-hmm. But for me, I think it's more of like, uh, you said graveyard shift, but I'm almost thinking like, would digital feel like a graveyard if you know, you never knew when someone else was going to be online. If you're the only one doing work at 11 o'clock at night, does that work well for a lot of people? Or if you're the only one at eight in the morning, because I think um, I've got uh, like Erica actually will come in early a lot of times and she'll be the only one here. And she's like, isn't anybody working? It's like, well, we don't open till nine, but right. <laughs> but she was here at eight and it already felt dead. So I think there's a lot of cultural implications before we could get there. But uh, I think it'd be good for you to walk through, you know, why the decision for work from anywhere, what's it mean for the office? Does it impact our customers at all, so on and so forth. Yeah, totally. 
Well, some of this did come from uh, not all of it, so it's hard for me to say what did did I have an epiphany, um, and it wasn't like this was by any stretch all my decision, but I know I did bring it um, to you guys. Uh, but back to the behavior where we were seeing more and more um, of our employees on our Monday roundups, you know, which happened at like nine thirty, working from home, and. Um, yeah, you know, we believed, and I'm going to still believe that it was mostly based on our our current policy, which was tied to COVID. So it was like as we saw the spike again happening um, from Omicron, that you know we wanted to make sure people felt comfortable, and also if you were traveling, hey, you know, stay home. And so we picked a time I think during the holidays where there was plenty of travel happening, and so it all seemed mostly, I guess, I don't want to call it on the up and up, but you know that we should expect that. But it also um, started to have me question, you know, do our employees all want to be here? Um, do they uh, do they get the value, see the value um, of being in office? And it was also reading more and more articles, as you and I both do, you know, trying to stay as much as we can in touch with, I'll say, you know, the modern kind of HR practices. But uh, as we were starting to exit, and when I say exit, I, I'll qualify relatively speaking, you know, uh, the, the COVID, you know, climate or whatever, uh, that, um, more and more companies were offering this WFA, the, the work from anywhere. And so between seeing what started to feel like some trends at Digible, as well as what happened, um, as we were kind of exiting the, I'll, I'll call it, the, I guess the peak of COVID that this was something we should at least talk about because, our biggest pledge to our employees is that we're going to put their happiness first. And so that isn't our purpose, you know, to be um, a role model for employee culture and a catalyst for progressive change. And so staying true to that, I felt like, you know, it was time for us to to discuss this and, and see where we landed. Um, but in addition to that, uh, we've dealt with a lot of challenges here with pipeline. And so some of this wasn't as much like, should we allow our employees, current employees to go work from home any day, as much as it was also trying to open up um, our, our recruitment to out of market, which we hadn't really done. We've had some examples of that, but mostly we've hired here locally in Denver. And so given our growth, um, again, challenges with pipeline, it was one more reason to bring this forward and say, hey, if we were to offer this, you know, work from anywhere, then that also would allow us to potentially open up quite a bit, our recruitment to get other talent. Um, and I had a litany of other reasons that I thought this made sense, whether it was, you know, retention, whether it was um, trying to stay kind of competitive with uh, or up to date with trends out there, et cetera, et cetera. But I wouldn't say those were overly compelling. The two that really were the top motivators was, hey, are we actually taking away happiness on some level from, from let's say, an Allie who recently had her baby just a few months ago and would love to have a little more optionality to spend more time with her kid, or whether it's somebody that actually is driving 45 minutes every day to get to Digibol, and that is an hour and a half every time that they, they come into the office. And so wouldn't that be potentially better for them? So, uh, and then for those that are more bottom, heads down, you know, they're not as interested or not as excited about the social interaction and they prefer to just to, to be at home and, and get, get through their work there. So that was enough more on the happiness side. And then I think I already laid it out there on recruitment, but none of these were like slam dunks for me. Uh, and I, even though it might've felt like that and I'll shut up here in a second, but when I brought this to you guys, I, I didn't want you or Nicole, Lurch, Ryan, 
feeling like this was something I guess I wanted for myself because, you know, I very much love seeing people in the office and thrive off of it. So I, I always wanted to keep this in office experience. Um, I was more just, yeah, trying to get in front of what was starting to become clear to me, I guess, as, as an opportunity and a need um, to offer more optionality in the office. But uh, you had quite a bit of concerns and I thought they were great and you weren't the only one. So I'm not saying this was kind of a David and Reed thing, but there was a lot and there will be a lot that, you know, we're going to be, I guess, looking at and seeing, you know, if this turns out uh, to work out or if this actually uh, does potentially jeopardize some of the culture that we built up here. Yeah. And when we started Digibol, you and Nicole were the first ones to say we should get an office. I was like, what do, the hell do we need an office for? <laughs> but um, it, I will say that like, as we decided to make the expense to get our, I'll say our second office, I felt because that felt like a big one. We were going from like 600 bucks a month, to 300 $3,000 a month. And I was like, we're going to five X this. Why, <laughs> why we're still losing money. Uh, but it didn't mentally make a big difference. Uh, I think there's also, we've seen with a lot of folks, like if you work from home and your sweatpants all the time, uh, it's different than getting up and getting ready for work and then going in. And I'll even tell my employees sometimes when they're going, uh, when they're remote and they're like mentally feeling hard at getting started, I'm like, treat it like you're getting ready for work. Get dressed, Take you know, shower. make your coffee. Yeah, yeah. Even if you have to go to Starbucks and come back, yep. like it just makes, it mentally gets you in the groove. But um, I was more worried about what you said is we've spent all this time building culture and we hear it from our employees that they love the culture here. And it's kind of like the bad apple thing where it's like it can start to decay a little bit and then it's a slippery slope sometimes to turn around and since we didn't build the company as remote first and uh and remote has been i'll say second because we've had some employees that are remote but that there's a lot that we need as management to change probably about our processes how we foster the culture and so on and so forth and some things i think we have in place like the taco program where you know in slack you give someone recognition so that's that's already like sort of a remote style recognition program. But I think there's going to be more to that that we can't get lazy on. I think when you are a company that's always coming to the office, it allows you to be a little bit more lax on culture, like deliberate, being deliberate with culture than if everyone's remote all the time. I think you have to be way, you have to make it more of a focus, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so I just, uh, as we move into Q2 planning, I feel like it's important that leadership puts has a rock tied to this somehow so that things don't just start to peel off and people almost like are like, Oh, think of the good old days when mm -hmm. <laughs> we used to be forced to come into the office. Uh, <laughs> but it was only obviously three days a week. And I felt like that was a good mix for people. One final thing on that. Uh, I didn't send you this article, but the uh, Google just announced people to come back, uh, that they have to come back. And, um, their, um, CEO was saying that he thinks that the modern work is probably going to be more of like a three by two, like three days in office, two days remote. <laughs> and uh, at least for Google. And obviously we were doing three by one. That was so yesteryear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Uh, so I think what we, what the risk for us on this, when it came to four day work week, we did a lot of planning and we spent a whole year like prepping for it. This is something we've been talking about more for like five, six weeks, and there hasn't been as much prep that we've done. So if with four-day work week, we put in things like how are we going to measure performance? How are we going to make sure that we're still maintaining the productivity? With this, we are just like jumping in and it's not as prepped. Um, so, and we, uh, you didn't want to take like a survey ahead of time to say, are employees happier with this move or not? You kind of want their actions to speak for it. But that is, I guess, one outside concern is without the, the baseline data points, 
it's going to be hard for us to say what is the impact of, of this before and after. It'll be more of a, a feeling. Yeah, I agree. I think there's some things we, we should be able to get at, and we do a good job in virtually every department. Um, we we take weekly pulses of our employees, so that would be one data point, um, but it's more kind of spread out. So we'll have to figure ways to kind of, off, I guess, aggregate some of our data that uh, – you know, gets at the happiness factor from an efficiency standpoint, that is easier to get at. As far as just jumping right in, that was part of actually my comfort doing this is I feel like we have been almost already in this um, structure uh, and not something you and I, I'll say, loved um, where we were seeing it almost felt like more and more employees were on Zoom than were in office on Monday roundups or it was getting to a point where it was like two two thirds at best was in office. And so that was telling me, Hey, this is already happening. Um, and then we had worked for a year and a half in a fully remote structure and had done extremely well. I thought both of us, you know, would qualify what happened at the peak of the pandemic is that was forced. So you can't expect the same kind of behavior and cultural like connectivity, um, that was happening then you know, cause everybody was crawling the walls and they were just desperate to stay connected to happen. If you, if you make it a choice or offer it up as a choice, I should say. So I think that's totally fair. And I, you know, I, I'll, I'll be watching that, but back to like my confidence level, it just seemed like I couldn't predict who was going to be here and who wasn't each, each week that I was walking in. And I don't want to say that's sad. I just, you know, I think that was kind of a nature of the way we built it and also had a lot to do, like I said, with the traveling and COVID and whatnot. Um, but then I asked myself, it's like, well, how much of a problem was that, uh, you know, for, for the department heads? And I think what I got back, including from you, was like, it can be a little uh, annoying, I'll say, or a nuisance, some aggravation, but not anything that was like a game uh, or whatever, a non-starter for you where it's like, yeah, it's been a nightmare when that happens or, or Nicole, she has one of the bigger teams and she was like, yeah, sometimes it's can be a little frustrating on a zoom if you can't hear each other or if, you know, I thought somebody was going to come in and then they're not here, but truthfully, like it's not a huge deal. So we'll see if it gets worse. Hopefully it doesn't. Cause you know, we're really trying to lean into this. You mentioned when we talked about it last week, you're like, I feel like we're somewhere in the middle right now. Like, almost are we making a decision if we're not making decision, you know, by making this fully optional. And you knew my response was, I think we're leaning into that full, full bore, you know, like we're making a, a, a total commitment to uh, optionality here at Digible. And it may not be the right choice, like I said. And um, I don't want to say that's the fear, but you were like, how would we ever walk this back? And I, I think that would be a lot. So it's a, uh, I don't see it as some huge gamble or bet because I think we'll definitely pump out the work regardless. The question is, is, you know, how much will the cultural, the culture change as a result? I, I, I would cry <laughs> truly. Like if it felt like we were all now just like we lost the magic. I think there's going to be, I mean, change is always hard on people. Uh, and I think there's going to be change from it. But I think the way I looked at it, because uh, I, I did put up, um, a lot of concerns where I was like, why do this if it's not the biggest problem right mm -hmm. now? Uh, and it didn't, and it, there, as you said at the beginning, there wasn't like an obvious win. Like there was like, Hey, we think maybe. And um, so anyways, but my, my thought on it was, I do think uh, obviously when we open ourselves up for uh, 
to accept people anywhere, then we do get, it does increase recruiting pipeline. My thought on that was we just never got really concentrated on a recruiting pipeline anyways, right. but uh, it doesn't matter. Cause it's like, well, if that solves us from having to spend money on recruiting or something, then I guess there's a benefit. Then um, when it came down to the, uh, the productivity um, gain or loss, I don't really think there's going to be that much of a difference. I think, or I think there's going to be some wins and losses. So I always like the osmosis that people get from hearing other people talk in the office. Um, but you know, some people also have more focus when they're, when they're at home and they don't have a distraction. I think we're going to have to do something though, for like the water cooler talk to get people um, more connected because we've had, um, you were saying hopefully retention goes up. And the theory behind that is, well, if you have to move for family reasons, now you don't have to leave your job. But on the other end, we've, we've had people that we uh, interview and they're like, Hey, I, I wish my company had an office cause I just want to see people. So there's that problem. So I think it's all of these things are basically a win and a loss so that in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, they all just cancel themselves out. So then long-term, um, did I have enough of a reason to say we can't, um, or we, we shouldn't. And there wasn't enough of a reason to, to say we shouldn't besides like maybe culture will, will be impacted, which is then back to where I'm saying, we just have to put a focus to make sure that culture is not impacted. And we deliberately, maybe it was three years ago in our old office when we had the conversation where I was saying, how much do we want to try to engineer culture versus how much do we want to be organic? And um, you, you at the time were very much about organic and I, I agreed with that. But um, I do think we'll have to be a little bit more deliberate with culture in this other environment. Because I, I mean, my first startup, I was remote uh, for the first half of it. And uh, that was 2002 or something. Um, and so it was a very different experience then than, than now. But I still remember, like, it can feel very isolating and, like, um, well, and lonely, basically. And we had, we, everyone was suffering that in the pandemic and they were so excited to get back to the office. So I think it's just, since we're going to do this hybrid option, we're going to have to make sure, like, it feels welcoming if you're in, but also welcoming if you're out. And then um, do our best to try to, you know, just keep people engaged. And if we see people not engaged, it's a little bit harder to, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind in some ways when they're remote. So if they're not engaged, the that'll just be on management to be way more in tune with it. And then, you know, decide what action to take if, if it seems like someone's really drifting apart and just kind of, you know. Yeah, we are putting, you know, some added, I guess, responsibility, um, hopefully not stress on our and our management team to your point, like they're, they are going to need to do a few things, I think a little differently and most importantly, be intentional about keeping that culture top of mind. And, uh, but hopefully that's not a bad thing. You know, maybe they're not even thinking about it enough right now because they're taking for granted that we have the in-office time versus like really being thoughtful about getting the group together. And I ask from time to time and more happens than you and I, of course, would know as far as happy hours and little get togethers, which is always puts a smile on my face when I hear that that's happening. So yeah. um, good to see that. And it made me think a little bit about the book, you know, uh, delivering happiness that you and I are both listening to or reading right now uh, with Tony Shea uh, from Zappos. You know, he just talked about how great the culture felt when they were 25 or less. And it was because most of them were friends. Mm -hmm. And he was like, when we got past that, we started to not even know who was there and we never built relationships with them. And it just quickly, like the culture evaporated, you know, mm -hmm. and he didn't even want to come in anymore. He was kind of jaded about it. So as pre Zappos. Yeah. His pre Zappos, company, right. Yeah. Leak exchange. Yeah. yeah before they sold but he was so, That's what made him deliberate with Zappos. Yeah. And I'm impressed with a lot of what they've done. And I mean, we'll obviously get to that book probably on another session or something, but I was impressed with a lot of what they did, but 
Um, obviously it took a lot of effort. <laughs> yeah. But coming back to, um, what, what do we expect will happen and, and how are we going to try it? I'll say get in front of, uh, the, the potential for cultural decay. Um, it, you mentioned osmosis and you've said that many times, which I couldn't agree more, like the value of that of coming in the office and being around people that are more experienced, have been there, done that, um, or from different departments that are talking about things. That would be one of the things that we would need our managers or even the people that have experienced that in onboarding to be actively kind of promoting, right? Or talking about. So as Sophie, you know, if a new AC comes in, we would want her to let them know, hey, I got a ton of value out of being in the office. Um, so that's part of it is, is finding almost sponsors, uh, I guess. And hopefully that that happens organically, not something we have to tap people for to say, hey, talk about all the benefits of being in office. But that's one thing I, I will look for. Um, the other thing, though, is, is, you know, giving people a reason to come in outside of, I'll say, just the knowledge sharing. And I think even with some of the small stuff, um, like allowing dogs, like people love having their dogs getting to interact with other dogs. Um, they do, I think, appreciate the snacks. They appreciate the space, the location, the convenience of going down to Mango. And where I'm going with all this, and I think that was also in the book, but it's just like, you know, cr creating that environment. Um, and some of it can just be your own location um, so, so that people really get value, really appreciate coming in. And that's where I would like to be in a position to buy this building so that you and I felt more comfortable and committed, I guess, to investing in it. Yeah. Um, you know, we were super excited about the idea of an eatery downstairs. And I think that again, keep coming back to this book cause it's fresh, but he just talked about how he eventually, didn't he like, uh, did they, did they buy it their own, uh, restaurant or something? Uh, oh yeah. 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 And San Francisco, they, he bought a space and has parents manage the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so I, I'm not saying we're going to do that, but it's like, if we had a gym downstairs, cause he did mention, and we hear about it with all the big tech companies, but they try and create campuses. So there, yeah. there isn't this feeling like I got to go somewhere else to get, you know, my fitness to get, you know, my food, all that stuff. And we're a long ways away from that. And I don't want to create some artificial, like, I guess, campus or cult um, so that people are always staying here. But I do want to find as many opportunities as we can. I think we've already done a good job of that, of giving them a reason to come in. Because when we did talk to those two people recently, one of which, you know, was uh, our former colleague, Tom, uh, from the Post, he said, you know, the building that they're in now, um, they have the choice. And he's like, it's some weird, creepy, like, feels like a haunted like uh, school and there's no windows and all this stuff. He's like, nobody wants to go in for that. So at least we have giant windows. <laughs> for now. We have a pretty, yeah, for now. You were saying, because cool uh, <laughs> we have two spaces in this building and we knocked down a wall to expand yeah. it to them. And then it's like, if we, if no one's coming in, why keep paying the lease on the other space that we would lose, <laughs> then we'd, we'd lose, lose our light. windows. The natural light. <laughs> yeah. We'd have to start buying those like indoor yeah, UV thing or whatever those are, <laughs> vitamin D lights. Uh, I do think like there's there, as I said, there's going to be a difference. I think uh, if you look at Google where they're, they were remote through the pandemic and then they're like, you got to come back now. I, it's like, even if you have a Google campus, some people don't want to be there. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just, it's tough because it, uh, I think it's, it's important for, I guess, every company to decide what they really want and what's the purpose of coming in. And we had wanted the purpose to come in because we wanted people to feel more connected when we first bought this bigger mm -hmm. space. Mm -hmm. And we wanted them to like feel each other's energy and learn from one another. It just, everyone knows it just is different on Zoom. Um, but who knows, maybe we'll buy everybody 
meta headsets or something now and we'll just <laughs> get the energy that way. <laughs> yeah, that would probably do it. Well, it's really hard though, because as you said, even with Google, it has like, I mean, you and I have had a chance, you've been there twice, I've been there once, but their campus is pretty remarkable. Um, but that they would still have some engineers or whoever that wouldn't want to come in for that. And I think that is reality is, is we're not all, you know, social creatures, I guess, um, or covet that interaction, but that person can still do amazing work, have tremendous value. Um, but they're just not going to be one of the bigger cultural contributors. And are you okay with that? And that's a decision each business has to make for itself. Cause that could be where we drew the line is, you know, we value this so much. We want this, that if somebody isn't, and it sounds kind of gross because it almost sounds like we'd be discriminating, but if they didn't value that, you know, it's more about the values the way that we do, then, you know, they just don't make sense for the company, but that, that we didn't draw that line. And then that in combination with the hiring, I mean, that was one of the bigger motivators for me. Um, and you've made a very fair point and you've said it over and over over the last couple of years that we just haven't done a, a very good job. And part of it is time. We don't have a recruiter and it is extremely competitive out there, but we haven't done a great job of keeping the pipeline full. So it feels like we're just one critical player away in a lot of departments from, you know, things, well, getting ourselves in a mess. Um, yeah. I'd say it's because we're playing like our, uh, our investments so close to the vest. So it, uh, we'll wait till like we, Oh shoot, we just got this big order. We definitely need some headcount cause we're going to be at 110% capacity. And so then we're in this pickle because we didn't want to hire too far in front of anything. Um, I, I think we also that, don't have the cash flow, you know, yeah. as much as we'd like, you know, yeah. for provisional. So I, I think um, back to the, uh, what do you want the person to do? I think as you were saying, like part of our, uh, one of our core values is happiness. And then it's in our, it's in our vision statement. And so, that's where I, as you said, we do fairly, we do have everybody rank their happiness every week, but we don't aggregate that to a, to the company yet to then track like, Oh shoot, you know, organic media's happiness is declining or something. Um, so that's, I guess a good Q2 takeaway for us to do, uh, so that we can measure the impact. Cause to your point, if it, it's, it's not too far or it's not hard to imagine. I don't believe if it's like, well, uh, you don't need to be a cultural contributor as long as you do good work. And then all of a sudden you could end up with just an army of people that do quote good work, but now no one's happy. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I think, uh, I think that's key in, uh, Tony says that in his book too, where he was like, there are lots of people they didn't hire that were way more qualified, but because they, uh, they weren't humble. And he's like, we're not going to hire someone with a big ego. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's, I mean, it just applies here to, um, so I think as long as we keep a good handle on it and then we don't get ourselves into like digital is all about profit and good work. And uh, I guess as part of our vision, hopefully we'll stay true to that. Yeah, totally. Well, it was interesting because when we announced the four day work week, uh, you know, and of course I played the sick joke on April, uh, April 1st, you know, that we were selling when in fact we were uh, going to announce the four day work week, but people were ecstatic. I mean, you saw them like, cheering and we had some you took some good video uh or a screen share of uh screenshot sorry whatever screen recording on zoom of their reaction that was not at all the reaction we got this morning and it wasn't a disappointment and <laughs> Wait, i didn't hold on what's our new uh <laughs> is it this one yeah <laughs> yeah you had david crickets. yeah david and i have been waiting for an opportunity i guess to to mess with some of these uh, drops, uh, um, 
Oh, you threw me off. Yeah, the crickets. <laughs> but I mean, it wasn't far from crickets. And I don't know if some of it was like it does a lot of times with big news, just takes a minute, you know, for it to sink in or for, for the, yeah, them to absorb it. But I also think there was quite a few people that were like, please don't tell us that this somehow means, and maybe I was reading into it, but that we're not going to keep the office yeah. or that you guys are somehow devaluing the office, which actually felt good. I wasn't bothered by that. Um, I was really hoping for that reaction. What would have been more unsettling is if we got the same reaction, <laughs> you know, instead you could tell a lot of people were like, um, I like being here. I like seeing, you know, my colleagues, you know, the energy here is great. So in some level I was yeah, glad that we, we didn't get a bunch of cheers when we announced it. And you yeah. mentioned, I didn't have anybody yet, but a couple of people may have come up to you right away and said, Hey, you know, just to that effect, right. Yeah. That they, they enjoyed coming in and they didn't. Well, want... that they were worried that people yeah. weren't going to come right. in now. And um, so I think again, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out and obviously we'll have to, we'll keep everybody updated on that, but I, well, cat's out of the bag. So <laughs> yeah. here we go. <laughs> Long story short, David has his doubts and Reed is, Mostly confident. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll be I, all right. I know. I don't have any worry that it won't be all right. I just say it'll be different. And I do I do think we can end up alienating if things changed a lot. I think some of the folks that we have will feel like the magic is lost. But then you'll have a new crew that comes in and feels like it's got the magic. It's funny because when I, um, my first uh, job, my first paying job or you know, whatever real job with a paycheck. I worked at the dollar movie theater, the Cinemark in Louisville. And, uh, I remember after that first summer, I think it was my fourth, first summer there. Amber had run, uh, was the general manager of it. And I remember we were sitting outside, um, you know, on a break. I was like, oh man, Amber, aren't you sad that the summer's almost over? Like all, you know, all these employees are going to go back to, to school and, and you just, we just won't have this again. And she's like, no. <laughs> like, what do you mean? I was like, this, this is an incredible, incredible group that we have great mm -hmm. culture everyone loves it and she's like this happens every year mm. and she was just so flat and just like felt cold about it i was sure. like dude i can't believe that you don't care about like because she didn't focus on culture it was just i guess i guess luck uh, uh for her that every i was there for six years and it, it just always seemed like there was a good group and there was a new group a fresh group mm -hmm. and uh they in their own way had fun and didn't make this job that was 550 an hour suck mm -hmm. i mean that could suck, <laughs> but, oh, yeah. uh, but the, the culture is what made it. And that's why I stayed there for so long. And I feel like th from that lesson, you know, I guess that's where I'm going here, where it's like, we may have, you know, this, maybe the summer, the summer's over, <laughs> but there's going to be the next group that comes in. So if, if some of them fall out of favor now, that's going to be a bummer, but whatever the new group, that's you know, right. Be happy. That's right. And it could, yeah, very well turn out that way for at least a few people hope it doesn't, but it, it's something that we need to be prepared for. You know, I, I don't want to go full like FOMO, but back to, you know, what would be the reason to come in? Um, if we do get more committed and some of that depends on, on obviously some of the economics, but there's plenty of things we can do that don't depend on budget per se. But I'm just saying, um, you know, if we, we can do a little bit more here at the office and with the group, then um, I wouldn't want to be the one left out of that. That's all I'm saying. If I just stayed at home all the time and saw it whether it's happy hours or I guess some of the stuff offsite too, but a lot of that would originate here, you know, meaning if we were to go whitewater rafting or going for hikes or, you know, going across the street for, for beer, whatever that is. But, um, 
that gets back to where almost you started, which is we'll need our management team to put a little bit more attention or focus on, on keeping up, you know, culture and morale. And well, you've never wanted a ping pong table. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm thinking we incentivize people. If, if 51% of the company show up in any given day, then you do the dunk tank. Oh, okay. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> we get three shots to dunk yeah. read. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. I bet lots of people get on board with that yeah. really fast <laughs> or some sort of ice challenge. Yeah, the fourth t- fourth day in a row, they're like, yeah, okay, we've had enough dunk tape greed. What, yeah, what's next? Yeah. <laughs> Better to get David up there now. Well, we'll see. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't have done it if I didn't believe in it, you know, and believe, I guess, in our company um, to be able to pull this off. You know, to me, it is one more indicator that we're trying to stay in front of things. And even if Google, you know, is now reverting back to some sort of hybrid schedule. I, I still love that we're taking, you know, these types of risks, uh, for the benefit, at least we believe for the benefit of our, our, our employees. Yeah. So fingers crossed. Well, um, yeah, no change for clients or anything. I mean, they all see it's remote anyways. Yeah. 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 No change for them. I'd say maybe the only thing is we've had a number of clients ask us if we're hiring. And so that would be the, I could see some of our clients. It's like, well, no, now you can be remote. Although I guess we didn't say like you have this in the FAQ, so maybe we'll wrap up with this, but um, how this could impact someone's career. And I think in the FAQs you say, hey, it's not going to intentionally impact anyone's career, but um, you back to how management leadership needs to work to maintain culture and keep people engaged. I, I feel like that a lot of that onus is also on the employee now. Right. If you're fully remote, you have to uh, do your best to try to stay engaged, raise your hand for projects, you know, so on and so forth. I mean, it's easy if you're just walking past someone and they hear whatever di- digital is going to host an award ceremony and they're like, Oh, I'd love to like help run that. Mm. But if you're remote and you didn't, you didn't hear about that conversation in passing you, you and you were interested, you wouldn't know and you wouldn't get tapped. So any comments on like as far as employee development and how this well, it, impact is, uh, it is super important here at Digital, and we wouldn't want anybody thinking that this decision was going to somehow negatively, I guess, impact their opportunity to move move up or, you know, into one of the new roles here. Uh, but I couldn't agree more. And I did say it in the FAQ and probably didn't hit it, I guess, enough uh, this morning. But, yeah, it's not management's responsibility to um, to own that. Uh, we really need our employees, uh, for those that are deciding to opt for more of a work from home or work from anywhere, um, approach that, uh, you know, they take some uh, accountability, self-accountability, um, and staying connected, finding ways to still go above and beyond that don't require them to be in office, which there's plenty, there is plenty of room for that. And I was glad that you shared that article. You said that I think just with leadership, but from the New York times that talked just about that and, you know, um, I think that was uh, from a few other companies that have already gone this route, but how they were thinking a little differently about employee development in a, in a mostly, if not fully remote, like structure. Yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, I'll be interested to see that though. Um, and hopefully, uh, you know, our employees come through. Yeah. What One final thing is we, we worked a lot last year on trying to improve our um, equity and diversity uh, pipeline because mm-hmm. Denver is just it doesn't have a lot of diversity. No, it's not built in the way it is in some other cities. Right. So uh, that's the other thing. That's the other benefit I didn't get to get into last week, but I'd been thinking about over over the um, last few days is how much this could help us as we... Um, great point. Yeah. Just We just have more options uh, for a more diverse population. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, let's get out of here, Reed. All right. Here, here. Any drop here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, there you go. All right, yeah, we'll kill it down. All right, guys. Well, thanks for staying tuned. See you. See you later. Yeah.